0: So welcome to Eat
1: Sleep Suplex Retweet
2: What's happening everybody, welcome to another episode of Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat. My name is Scott McLeod and we had a great weekend during Shugs, but this week ESSR is Jericho as we talk about. The true greatest of all time, possibly. Not a pretender but like some other people. <laughs> but we're not mentioning that, First off, before I get introduced to my panel, a bit of housekeeping. Be sure to follow us on social media, at Suplex Retreat, that'd be on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And subscribe and case us rating on all good Android podcasts and sites, with that be Anchor, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, all of them. Now, let me introduce my panel. I wanted the best panel I could possibly get was instead of giving this group of stupid idiots. <laughs> <laughs>
3: stupid idiots, that's the last stretch. <laughs> First off, we have the proprietor of Hockney's Hoagie House,
2: where you don't need to bring your own booze, but you will have to bring your own pigs and blankets and your own toilet paper. <laughs> he is the Alan Harper of Eats, <laughs> Lose It's David Hockney.
0: Hi, Scott. Hello, David. And honestly, that Alan Harper stuff is really gonna be the sort of running gag from here on out because I wear okay. the checkered shirts and, you know, my hair's not got much uh, time left so I'll just roll with it, I suppose.
2: Yep, get used to it. <laughs> much like Chris Jericho, this man used to be a regular but now he just comes and goes as he pleases. Well oh, forgive him, since he's such a handsome bastard. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Scott. Oh, yeah. Good to have you back. Thank you. If you say the words New Japan into a mirror three times, this man will appear behind you and give you a thousand four reasons why Okada is the greatest of all time. It's Grant McRobbie. I never said
4: that about Okada. That's slander. Zack Sabre Jr, son. <laughs> Excuse me. Please
2: blame that intro on Boris Johnson. Boris <laughs> <laughs> fucking Johnson. <laughs> if the lights were any brighter at Chug party, my next panelist list would have burst into flames. The fact five- that this man was the first ever five-time ESSR champion brings us great shame. But no bigger than the shame he brings on his own family. <laughs> <laughs> if, <it's laughs>
1: awesome.
2: if that, and yeah, Guy are listening to us and they are nodding in agreement right now. I'm oh,
5: the first time champ is always five time champ is always better than the second. You know, just a pretender, just a wannabe.
2: Hi, Scott. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> you show some respect to your champion. I will not, thank you. <laughs> and finally, this man truly is the best in the world at what he does what he does is make us seem presentable. Yells Jackie Polo at the top of his lungs and provides us with freshly baked bread. Please welcome the Ayatollah of freshly baked rollers. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> How you doing, man? Out, not bad yourself. Although I must put on record that I have actually kind of lost my voice. I'm not going to lie. My throat is hurting anytime time I talk.
5: it was the point with the other, the guy across the other side of the arena started chatting, Jackie Polo. And he was like, "This this pretender?
3: No, I, I, I liked him because he was giving me a voice, a, a break because I was properly sore. Where's the bread? I know. Yeah, hey, where's the rolls? I had other commitments.
1: <laughs> he made
3: you dinner on
0: Friday. I Stop He did actually, yeah, fair. I'll give him that.
3: Yes, I must say we, we did... I a served guest. more on your plate but you served to ten other guests. <laughs> uh, try to get mad to say we nicked all the pigs in blankets.
2: Yes, okay, I must thank you again for inviting us all around to your house for the split roast <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> on Friday night. No and Kwaku you know the value of a good bit of beef don't you yes I do and that brings us to a first of our sponsors an old favourite of ours that'll be Steaks <laughs> <laughs> an old ours. know if you're looking for a quality bit of beef well that's what I might do please put in code ESSR and you'll get a freshly baked roll to go with and your Shettleston Steaks for a to bite Kwaku <laughs> the fact we have sponsors on a Jericho show is purely coincidence <laughs> but with all that out of the way should we, I think we should get into the man himself Are you guys ready? Um, yes. I think we should open
5: Shettles and Sticks yeah.
2: <laughs> Patent <and> pending <laughs> So let's get into the man's beginnings He made his debut all the way back in 1990 He grew up in Winnipeg You idiot <laughs> Although he was technically born in New York He made his debut He went through the Canadian Indies He made good friends early on When he was training with, his, with Lance Storm uh, because they seemed to be the only two people that really took it seriously when they were training he briefly got to train in the heart dungeon although he, the worst part of it is there were no hearts actually <laughs> there Bruce Hart apparently showed it the first day took everybody's money and bugger off <laughs> and there his, his, <laughs> so there he'd make his way to Mexico he'd be known as Corazon de Leon translates to Lionheart he'd work for the CMLL he'd, he'd talk about how he'd wrestle multiple shows in a single day from there he'd go to promotions like Smoky Mountain Wrestling in the US ECW, you work in war, wrestling, romance in Japan and in later years work briefly for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, Stephen, I'll start with you. Uh, Do you know a lot about Jericho's kind of early days and because from sounds it sounded like he was very much this because the indie scene was not like what we know today Yeah, I knew
5: he would uh, wrestle frequently in uh, the countries that you mentioned there, Scott uh, I've never really watched much of his work in New Japan but I've seen some briefly of his stuff in ECW and it was just a, a decent precursor to what we would see in the years after WCW and WWE
2: Yeah, definitely uh, Grant He talks uh, quite favourably, Jericho about his time in Japan and Mexico but when he then he went to New Japan while he was still on a contract for WCW, and there would be an incident, I don't know if you guys are aware of the Super Liger incident, <laughs> are you aware of this? Oh yes, the uh,
4: the one match and the gimmick was dropped quicker than anything you've ever seen on the planet. <laughs> yes, this would be where
2: he was... Because many American wrestlers would go to Japan and wear a mask, we had Chris Benoit going over and becoming Wild Pegasus, Eddie Guerrero would take the marker of Black Tiger, and they wanted Jericho to become uh, like an evil alter ego of... Jushin Thunder Liger, and they called him Super Liger. It sounds like something from Glow. Yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> no, sounds like Tenants. Well, it sounds like Daryl. Super Liger. They basically did that with the two Sincaras a few years back. But. Super Liger's just fake Liger. Yes, that is the point. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing with yeah, Jericho, he is not a masked wrestler. When he went to Mexico, they basically said, why would we put you on a mask? You're a good-looking young guy. Mm. So, they don't, so he didn't wrestle under a mask. So he found it hard to move around the ring with a mask. It was so bad that apparently the real Jushin Liger came up to him and said Chris Jericho, good. Super Liger, bad. you stick to Chris Jericho.
5: Is this why he's then, in his recent years, wore a mask so much to attack people? Yeah. <laughs> Out of spite for his history? <laughs> uh,
2: but he would, uh, through his time in ECW, like through his time in Japan and Mexico, tape, this is where the time tape trading was a thing, and tapes would make their way to those in ECW, and he kept trying to get in touch with Paul Heyman, and according to Jericho's own words he kept getting in touch with Paul's roommate Dave <laughs> who sounded a lot like Paul Haven and that <laughs> happened for over a year Dave you didn't tell us you were doing with Paul Haven that's surely something interesting you should have told us <laughs> uh, no comment <laughs> but yeah I, I believe the
0: Dave you're referring to is Mr Meltzer no, I think it's no just,
2: it was uh, no, it's just,
0: Paul Haven it was just Paul Haven said this was Dave
2: I'll, I'll pass your message on and then you wouldn't get back to him oh, okay
0: <laughs> so it was like a fake alias almost yes. yeah. got you I, get, I don't know much about his time like pre-99 so you're, this isn't used to me
2: yeah he would make Paul Heyman have his own toilet roll <laughs> <laughs> but he would only uh, Nathan uh, he would only wrestle in ECW for a few months but it was still you say it was still a big step for him in getting his foot in the door in the US because ECW was kind of the kind of the underground yeah. popular promotion at that time
6: yeah it was kind of like the promotion where like, the Smarks would yeah. be familiar with I mean you mentioned Mesco as well he was a huge star there, like yeah, using comic books, soap operas, mm-hmm. so obviously that would help get attention as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. Like I said, this is where the most, like basically the smart internet fans of today back in the 90s, this, they would all go to somewhere like an ECW. And like I said, he wrestled his lying heart back then. He, even though he was only in a short while, he'd made such an impact that he was eventually invited back when they did the one night stand pay for you back in 2005. Eh, uh, Kwaku, you're a big uh Jericho fan. Have you like seen any of his like early stuff in like like the or stuff like that?
3: Uh actually no I haven't because back then the cable package wasn't laid or <laughs> uh, there was there was no that there was no broadband available but I knew of his past there and stuff like Jericho is my favourite all time and to me he's, the greatest ever, mm-hmm. and I just love every like for someone that loves entertainment wrestling, like mm-hmm. the entertainment side of wrestling. Yeah. This guy just encapsulated it all and could go in the ring, yeah, absolutely.
2: And he would also wrestle in the US and Smokey Mountain. He and Lance Storm would be called the thrill seekers, where they would do a lot of stuff that really <laughs> Lance er- Storm, yeah. <laughs>
0: the man with literally zero personality or charisma was called a thrill seeker.
2: Well, that's why he gets put with Chris Jericho, balances it out. Mm-hmm. Oh. He's got a point there. Well, they would do stuff that wouldn't really look that thrilling nowadays. It seemed kind of almost normal nowadays with the likes of Seth Rollins and that that we see today. And they, apparently they would do these vignettes of them doing thrill-seeking things like riding horses and <laughs> doing skydiving. I mean, skydiving, <laughs> thrill-seeking, horse-riding, yeah. mm, Well, debatable. well, it is b- a risk. Well, I mean, <laughs> but, I mean, Jim Cornette's in the book and this is what his definition of thrilling is. <laughs> But then eventually he would wrestle a show in the US, the World Wrestling Peace Fest, where guys from Mexico, Japan, and WCW all came together. And there he would be seen by Eric Bischoff, who was at that point putting together the Cruiserweight division, truly a staple of late 90s WCW. And through people who Chris worked with, like Malenko and Benoit, uh, they would constantly tell him, uh, they made Bischoff aware of who Jericho was. And he seen him there, and according to Jericho, him; and they had a competition, he offered him a contract there on the spot. Uh, Grant, uh, the Cruiserweight division was a great way for Jericho to come in, it was his first exposure to mainstream TV and it was really helping to give uh, WCW a real international flair. Oh yeah, Jericho, he really set himself
4: apart from everyone else when mm-hmm. he finally got that big break. WCW is what set him on the path to where he is today and it's a lot for a man whose career almost didn't start, Yeah. for the fact that he almost didn't start wrestling when his mum got paralysed. It was after he finished training, so to mm-hmm. see him
2: go into WCW, the malenko feud, yes. which we'll cover. Of course. Unreal. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But Dave, he was struggling at the moment because the NWO had started room at the time he'd, he'd go there and basically they'd start the whole cool heel thing, mm. whereas Jericho had been positioned as this faceless, super cheesy, good guy, baby face. I think it was clear that that kind of character wasn't working at the time. I think it was that sort of, like
0: you said, the cheesy, sort of faceless character, it's it always seems to be the default setting for any talent that comes into a big promotion. Like mm-hmm. you've even seen it with NXT a couple of times. Like uh, for example, when Nikki Cross first arrived, she came in as uh, Nikki Glaide Cross and was in the sort of generic attire before mm-hmm. shifting to Sanity. So having him in that sort of faceless cruiserweight role, it doesn't it doesn't really take anything away from him. the fact I think he was just following the the, the traditional path you would get from going yeah. to a big promotion. But he built his craft along the way and. I think that's when he really sort of came into his own once he found his footing. Yeah, was it not? So
6: it was not his first match in the W. He actually caved himself out because his opponent got injured. Yeah. Uh, and he didn't want I him to it. win that way.
2: I do remember him saying that his first few matches were really bad. Like he claims in his first book that Terry Taylor said his first match was so bad he didn't think he could put it on television. <laughs> but he uh, to be a big part of the Cruiser Division. He won the Cruiser Championship four times, and we shot it when it was shot before winning it his third time that Terry Taylor would tell him you're turning heel and you know, I think this is where we start to see more of the natural personality of Chris Jericho and the Chris Jericho we know today
5: oh that was fantastic it's you, you see it used in memes so much time with the list yes. of the holds yeah mm-hmm. I mean the, the, he obviously his recent list in WWE is about a lot of the current crop of fans would know about, but yeah. that was the. It was just that oh, the size of like the <laughs> it just, paper. It just rolled on just the floor. Like, yeah, hold number one. Um, I can't even remember the names. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> put some fake
2: names on there as well. Yeah, like the moth on a double-handed <laughs> family credenza. <laughs> the Saskatchewan spinning nerve holds, <laughs> and then they went to break, and he came back, and he was uh, like hold seven hundred or something like that. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, you're forgetting the the booty boot, the roly-poly, and of course the White Lover. And then the wine lover is not a submission, David.
2: You know, at the, end the arm drag, which is apparently number one on his list. But,
5: <laughs> <laughs> but the the matches with Malenko himself as well. I mean, D- Malenko is such an underrated talent oh, yeah, in wrestling yeah. history, just the stuff he's puts on the ring. You know.
2: Yeah, I was going to say he had a lot of great moments in WCW. I was wanting to go around everybody and see if you had like kind of a noteworthy moment. Like, see when you mentioned the list, I said, yeah. "What, uh, Graham? You got any key moments in these WCW run?" I mean, to me, it's it's really goes
4: with a thousand and four holds. Whenever I think back to Jericho pre WWE, I just think of holding the scroll, yeah, all the different holds, and this is sort of something that eventually led on to I think it was Daniel Bryan said, well, "I know even more holds." Dave, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you
0: have any other noteworthy moments from his career that you think of? I liked when he was feuding with Juventud Um He was feuding over the Cruiserweight Championship, and he had the. The stipulation where if Hoopman had lost he would take his mask off Mm -hmm. and then Jericho started wearing all these memorabilia that he won from all his matches down. Yeah. Like the Hawaiian skirt, uh, obviously the the mask as well, and also like Disco Inferno's headband as well.
2: Yeah. I remember he'd he'd won the Cruiser title off of Rey Mysterio because Rey was needing to go off to get surgery. With a knee injury, he took his mask and he caused Cosmolenko to leave for a while. After him. he said, "I'm collecting all his trophies, raised knee, Jim Malenko's dignity, and Hoovy's mask." <laughs> uh, Nathan, do you have any noteworthy moments?
6: Um, we'll talk about it in a minute, I'm sure. But when he hired Ralphus yes. as a uh, Jericho <laughs> personal security, yeah, at the uh, Gamda Goldberg skin, yeah, Helliness.
2: he was apparently a ring crew member. Apparently, that he hired, <laughs> he wasn't under contract, but apparently, Ralphus would start hanging around live events in case you need him. he needed him. I'm going to hang around and negotiate a new contract. Like, you don't even have a first contract. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, a really funny moment is after he lost the... the cruiserweight title because Zymanenko appeared under a mask. He claimed that he switched this decision shouldn't stand and that there was a conspiracy against him. So he went to Washington DC to campaign against this, holding up a sign in the street saying conspiracy victim going to the law library looking for a book. Say, where's the section on WCW title belts
3: sounds familiar uh, right? yeah, say, yeah. <laughs> he had so much
5: charisma even back then yeah. do you understand why he eventually got frustrated mm-hmm. in WCW mm-hmm. because they were, he was just so underused in terms yep. of what he was not the club
2: yeah definitely because he would eventually transition from cruiserweight well he was still deemed a cruiserweight because his size but he would start winning heavyweight titles and start uh, I think people more in the heavyweight division he'd won the TV title even though that wasn't really as much standing as it had been it was kind of like the US belt today it was a lower mid-card belt but it was while he was television champion that he would start a feud sort of with Goldberg because the most one-sided feud ever because one party didn't even know about it or want anything to do with it (laughs) he would go out he would be told when he went to Fall Brawl pay-per-view in 98 that He had a match with Goldberg, like, oh, so I'm just going to get a squash. Oh, no, it's not the real Goldberg. It's the midget Goldberg. (laughs) So he goes out, he beats up this midget Goldberg and starts the whole thing. Jericho 1, Goldberg 0. And he would do it every week, knowing that Goldberg wouldn't challenge him. He started calling him Greenberg. But uh, soon, Goldberg was not happy about being made a fool of. (laughs) No, he was not. (laughs) (laughs) But it was great. It was just just so funny. I
5: thought he just, like, it was... You know what they say... A lot of them say like, even if you get like a couple of minutes mm-hmm. screen time, use it. Yeah. And every week he just used it and just absolutely yeah. savaged this guy who was positioned. Was Goldberg world champ at this point? I think? Yeah,
2: he was already world champ
0: at this point, so he just took it and ran with yeah. it. And but that's the did best. Wonders thing, for him. That's the best thing to do, really, especially when you're. You sort of play to your strings or your characteristics that really bring out the best in you. And I think he is a natural heel and that works best for him. But he's a he's a natural heel in a in a funny sort of way. Like he exaggerates it to the point where you think, oh my god, he's actually going this far with how mm-hmm. paranoid and delusional he is at some point.
2: Yeah, the thing it was kind of over obviously I thought it was kind of people getting in Goldberg's ear about the whole thing about him being made to look stupid because even though he's world champion he was still very new to the to wrestling. That's why he was being called Greenberg by by Jericho, and Nathan, it wasn't a case of he didn't want to have a match, it's they wanted him to have the typical Goldberg squash match, but Jericho thought they could have got more out of it.
6: Yeah, I think Jericho had it on oh. pay-per-view as well, mm-hmm. as opposed to obviously a Nitro yeah. squash crowd buying money. Um, I, think Jer- I think he's mentioned before, uh, he went to Bishop's office and Hogan was there, mm-hmm. and I think he said, hey Hogan, you understand, it's all he- about buying the money, but even that wasn't enough to convince.
2: Yeah, and Goldberg sure. was apparently getting all hot Like, I'm the guy that beat Hogan I'm the guy who stands in the fireworks And Jericho Pound responded "Yeah, You're a guy that Just like any other guy If I kicked you in the nuts right now You'd go down <laughs> <laughs> He makes a fair point Yeah And then he would It looked like they were about to have Their pay-per-view match At uh, World War 3 Because the, the main, main focus of that pay-per-view Was the six-man battle So it didn't really matter who mm. Goldberg was against Because before that They had Goldberg finally like attack Jericho had him spear him on the ramp, beat the hell of him. They said, oh, he's going to lead to World War Three And then apparently, I can't remember who Jericho's replacement point was, but apparently with uh, me had that pay for because he wanted to go fishing. <laughs> Priorities. Yeah. I think, Grant, I think it's fair to say the writing was on the wall for Jericho at that point. He knew he had to get out of WCW. Oh, yeah,
4: definitely. But then you look at the long term and the way things are, and you look at Jericho's last match and Goldberg's last match, I know who
2: my money's on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, he would, not blood money though, not blood money. <laughs> no. uh, he would have a secret meeting with this man to negotiate a new deal. He apparently he wore a tighter t-shirt and lifts in his shoes because he knew Vince, that Vince had this reputation of a particular kind of look that he wanted superstars to have. <laughs> and In his closing feud he had a feud with uh, Perry Saturn in his last few months. They had a match where the loser must wear a dress and Jericho said, oh I'm on my way, they're going to try and humiliate me, make me wear the dress. But he won because Saturn apparently liked the dress. <laughs> <laughs> Perry Saturn is a complicated man sums up, yeah, <laughs> sums up Perry Saturn yeah sums
0: up Perry Saturn perfectly
2: but I think it's fair to say guys it's fair to say that Jericho even though he wasn't happy and he was clear he was only going to go so far he kind of developed a lot oh, yeah. here before going to WWE because I think if he'd got to WWE before this it would have been very different because he got a chance to showcase how much could have a card, how good of a heel he could have been. That stirred him great going forward in WWE. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And in the weeks leading up to Jericho's debut in late 1999, possibly the greatest debut of all time, is it fair to say? Mm-hmm. A lot of people argue that even though Jericho himself doesn't really look back on it very favourably. But uh, we had the Millennium Countdown for weeks and weeks. Does any, has anybody heard the story about how Jericho came up with the idea?
0: Was it something that he had a meeting in Vince McMahon's office and he just looked at the clock and he thought that would be perfect?
2: It was close. He was in a, kind of a post office and there was a countdown to the Millennium. He's like, oh, that'd be great for someone who's going to come into WE And then he put two, and two together, and he's going to Doreen. <laughs> realized, yes, like me, that's how I can But yet yeah,
0: the Millennium arrived on August 9th rather than... January that's not 1st. A point. I think it's a thing. <laughs> I, I just—it it just seems a bit of a mixed message. I so.
2: think you just had to put the word millennium in, F in 99 and it was relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah, so they they timed it so that the countdown would, to ten would cap in while the rock was out giving his promo. And it's a it's a shame we don't have our two big rock fans here to talk about that, but it's no, a, a good thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'd be here for days at this point. But yeah, but Jericho, the countdown starts. And while the Rock's in the ring Jericho comes out I think quite a few people Could tell it was Jericho There was even signs Like mm. even lead up to it Like XM days Till we Jericho Because I think Those who A few people that were Reading the newsletters That time Knew Jericho's contract With WCW was up So he came out And like Stephen was there any Bigger way to debut In that era Than interrupting The Rock Well he tried it The week after When he interrupted The Undertaker <laughs> 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 oh, that, 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 that was
5: he made a very fair point in that promo with The Undertaker but <laughs> <laughs> no but at that point in time The Rock was probably hitting the peak it was just a few months before Austin was taking his time out with his neck injury yeah. uh, Rock was slowly going to become D-star mm-hmm. of the company and to come out and just interrupt him mid promo especially the point with The Rock he was I think he was feeding him with Triple H at this point in time Yeah,
2: I don't think, I don't think so but he was I think it was the big we show yeah, he was with he was cutting a promo on Big Show he because was I always remember good. before the Jericho music hit, he said, Chicken, big show sure at SmackDown Hotel, and JR goes, Make sure there's going to near a king size bed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, JR, uh, I mean, of all people making weight jokes. I mean. No, I <laughs> think it was just off the food with Triple H at this yeah. point in time, because that's Son
5: of Slammy Face, Billy Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> all right, finally, oh. with that match with China, and the tag match. Was that one? I can't remember. It but was, either way, it was perfect guy making make an impact. If you want to target yeah. MD, rock or stone cold at that point, yeah, like yeah
2: definitely yeah absolutely but then he would land himself in a bit of hot water because he kind of weirdly that promo didn't really go anywhere there wasn't any feud he just got the rock just it calmed down like he always would and that was it and then the next week he interrupted the Undertaker and Big Show and called the Undertaker bored which got him a lot of backstage heat but to be fair the Undertaker was rambling on it was a boring yeah, promo oh like the worst war bites in the desert yeah. and all that mm. it
5: wasn't, No, it wasn't Undertaker's strongest few months at that point in time after the ministry folded. No,
2: definitely not. And then like for that you he got a bit of heat and then Jericho didn't realise that WCW and WE had very different styles and he was te- technically still WCW Jericho, the way he wrestled and the way he cut his promos and he was finding it very difficult to adapt. But you know, it shouldn't be very difficult. That's getting in the best possible shape you can be. And if you want to be in the best possible shape you can be, <laughs> and you also want to find the love of your life, you can go to the, at, the It's My Podcast Gym and take Stephen Wilson's class. <laughs> and you too can learn how to punch well above your weight. <laughs> try it out today. We've had, had people in our, in our group try it out and they've got some reviews. Alan Lucas says how did I ever live without it <laughs> Ross McLeod says it's better than Tinder <laughs> please uh, see it's my podcast Jim. and if you go to the front desk say you're looking for Miss Elizabeth they'll direct you to the room where the class is taking place <laughs> <laughs> one more time for the people at the back and uh, it's my podcast Jim code E-S-S-R for 10% off your first month anybody
5: knows me knows I do not code.
2: <laughs> <laughs> best part about this Ross doesn't know about anglo-dism Hey, that <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 uh, kind of struggling to adapt. he talks about how he at no mercy he was sitting in the crowd doing really nothing when two months earlier he did the rock but then he finally gets an opportunity where he's feeding with China over the Intercontinental <laughs> <laughs> Championship do you think this was kind of a big test for your Well, because Tino was probably the biggest female star they had at that point because she was interacting with the men. Yeah,
6: but I mean, you said it yourself she was the really big star. But I mean, his early matches they, they weren't really that good. No. I mean, like you said, he struggled with his style. Um So I think uh, it's a really big test. Obviously, it's a <laughs> in, her, in her gender match as well it wasn't yeah. too common at the time.
2: Yeah, definitely. He was and he was confident about because he knew as much as. China was being pushed. She could only hold on to the IC belt for so long. So the light at the end of the tunnel was, I get to win the IC title. And Dave, they didn't go quite to plan because he wins the title on his second attempt because the first match they have, he loses. But then they do a whole act of confusing angle. They're co Intercontinental champions, and Jericho may have changed his views on China Mm -hmm. since then. But uh, he was not very favourable in his second book when he talked about working with China. Um, no, not at all. It was uh,
0: this was way before like I started watching, so I didn't. I, I knew like China was intercontinental champion at the time, but I actually had no idea that they were they were co-champions at some point. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's still a bit of an odd sort of first feud to have. Like it's not the the conventional way where you know it was mostly dominated by by men and stuff. Yes. But So having China in there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it kind of made for an interesting program, especially because it was his first sort of major feud. But at the same time, you think. Oh, well, it's obviously uh, trying out new things because you didn't really had intergender wrestling at the time. No, no it made it more odd when mm-hmm. they flung Hardcore Holly
2: Yeah, I yeah, had a match at the Royal Rumble Triple Threat an undisputed Intercontinental Champion and I was like, how can we make this better? Bob Holly, <laughs> <laughs> let's just throw something at the wall and see if it sticks. <laughs> and it didn't. <laughs> but then... Uh, he wouldn't really win, hold on to that title for very long because at no way out, he would lose it to Kurt Angle so he could become the Eurocontinental champion. And then they had a really weird match at WrestleMania. We had him, Benoit and Angle, three of the best like, pure wrestlers they had at the time. I get for a uh, triple threat, two falls, met. first fall for the IC belt, second fall for the European belt, where Benoit pins Jericho and then Jericho pins Benoit. <laughs> Which... <laughs> This is basically convoluted attitude Arabic in its best, isn't it? Oh yeah, it was absolutely madness. But anyway, we'll move on from that. He would win the European title, but he wouldn't hold on to it for very long. Within a week, he'd have lost it to Eddie Guerrero, where China would leave him and go on to do a partnership with Eddie, which would be much more memorable than her work with Chris Jericho. But then Jericho was starting to get really frustrated. He was kind of he had some confrontation with Vince, where Vince at one point got so angry that... One uh, segment he did, he said he wasn't worth the paper his contract was printed on, and Jericho was a bit. asked for his release, and they did an angle at um, Penn State Raw where Jericho won the WWE Championship from Triple H, and told until the decision was reversed, and you watch that clip, everyone does a fast count because he's just sick of Triple H's yeah. pushing him around, and seeing the pop is just oh, unreal. It's definitely, it's one of the biggest
5: pops in that ju- their yeah. history. I think it's fair yeah. to say it's just so. So well done. It's a shame that later on in the night he did mm-hmm. immediately flip flipping. It's not recognised in
2: history, but it was a it was a sign I think that they did have faith in him. Yeah, mm. yeah. It was like definitely a sign of faith because then they started pushing him, putting him in with Triple H. He had a match with a fully loaded uh, Last Man Standing match, and it'd be weirdly he came in wrestling a woman, but he'd have another program sort of with a woman that would kind of take him to the next level, where each and every week he would come out and insult Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> Which would make you you just as popular today as it did back then? Shut Shut the hell up!
0: up. Those were some of his, like, Personally for me that was some of his favourite promo work he's ever done. Just yeah. insulting constantly insulting Stephanie and yeah, like the
3: one it's, he... it's not aged
0: well though. No, no, no. Really... no. That's why I went
3: with the shut the hell up one yeah, as opposed yeah. to any other one. Well there was yeah. it's the, very the, obvious
0: thing. No, the favourite one though was when she was standing in the ring with Rhino and he was like I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of that greasy, smelly, disgusting animal and I'm gonna get you two rhino. <laughs> well,
2: my favorite one he dropped was he said you thought everybody in the locker room and the camera crew and the production to and the popcorn vendor in the third row well well done Jorge <laughs> <laughs> just some of the stuff that Jericho would come up with you could tell this is all him like it's not just somebody had some a script at the time they had more creative freedom back then and he would have kind of some random feeds he would go in a feed with Benoit which is kind of more of a I'm the better wrestler no I'm the better wrestler where he'd cut a really cool uh, promo when they were leading it to a two or three falls match at SummerSlam that he said I will fight Benoit on a boat <laughs> I'll fight Benoit with a goat. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had a feud with Kane, which definitely was not about coffee. <laughs> oh. it's coming Is from coffee me. a sponsor? <laughs> yeah. Not this week, no. It's a shame.
0: We could have had Starbucks in there.
2: <laughs> but, uh, uh, there was, it was a really <laughs> decent, decent feud. They had a cool ending spot to, match to the match. where King Kane Cotton coming out the line, saw him, hit him with the choke slam. They had a last man standing match at Armageddon, which Jericho would win. He would pick up the IC title yet again and uh, start to then win a lot of match with Benmore He would defend it against Olimpio, and a few that included Jericho peeing in uh, Regal's tea. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> so it's
0: oh, oh, Like the very, up, the up. very no, posh Englishman that he is.
2: Yeah. Re- Regal's comedy time is very underrated. The facial expressions he gives when mm-hmm. he suddenly realizes something like, quite <laughs> not right about this tea. It's like it's, dumb, a bit, m- it's like Dumb and Dumber with, the <laughs> bottle, with a bottle of. Tea. Oh yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> the scene from Austin Powers is like it's a bit nutty. It
2: is <laughs> <do> shit, Austin. But <laughs> I think it's fair to say he's kind of going from feud to feud, but He's kind of proving that no matter what situation they put him in, he can
3: make it work. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, like he bounces off people well, and he knows how to play off other people's strengths and play his strengths up mm-hmm. to really build up that feud <laughs> and get you invested. And sometimes just barely laughing. Yeah. I mean. This guy got me so invested that during that time he would have a lot of rib injuries mm-hmm. because he would constantly hit the line salt and stuff. Mm-hmm. And even I would fake that I've got my, my ribs of sore <laughs> because I was that much of a Jericho fan. <laughs> <laughs> and I oh, would <bless. laughs> uh, But he uh, had the food with Rego and that would lead into
2: a successful title defence at May 7 And do you guys remember the Backlash Duchess of Queensberry Rules match? Where basically Rego... He said He came up with the rules of the match He had a Duchess sitting at ringside In inverted commas basically made up the rules As they went along Just to give Vigo the advice Like Oh no submissions don't count There's no DQs That's why you can hit me a chair This is the end of the first round Like I think I must have skipped that pay-per-view I've heard yeah, a lot of people speculating That's what Rigo's going to choose For the final stipulation For Gargano Cole a takeover Which I wouldn't mind Personally but. I,
0: Honestly if that happened It would just completely ruin Everything they've done With those two guys
3: Alright, right, a differing opinion. (laughs) Shut uh, down. (laughs) David's very fun at house parties.
2: Yeah, I know, I can tell. But uh, you would then form a partnership with his old rival, Chris Benoit, in a kind of thrown-together team, which was kind of common back then, where they would have what a lot of people have voted as the best raw match in history, where they would defeat the two-man power trip. For the Tag Team Titles, which is made more famous because that is the match where Triple H, Tory Quad, such
5: a good match one. Yeah, it's so good. It's the, it's the spot where Jericho's got Triple H and the Aye. walls on the Aye. announce table, and Triple H's Quads are done at that point. Yeah. So and
2: he still has to get back in the ring and accidentally hit Steve with the sledgehammer to cost, accidentally cost him the match.
0: <laughs> it was like the the Black Knight of Monty Python. He gets his leg chopped off. He still goes. <laughs>
2: Alright, make that comparison, but... <laughs> but uh, then, they would continue, it was meant to breach up, branch off into a few, things. I think it was maybe Jericho and Steve Austin for the WWE title, and for the New York-on-Nale title or something like that, it would be uh, Benoit and Triple H because they were doing the whole two-man power trip, but Triple H, out this would lead to Grant Jericho's first proper, like, pay-per-view, like, main event where he would, he, Benoit and Austin would kind of, would be in a triple threat match with Austin for the WWE championship. Uh, do you remember this match? Not really much. This was kind of at the point where
4: I, I'll admit I, I kind of got a little bit bored of WWE at that point and kind of took a bit of a hiatus. Kind of tried to go back and watch it. Not really aged very well for me, mm-hmm. despite the fact that three great world class talents, but yeah. it didn't quite do it for me. Yeah,
2: and I think for Jericho it's a bit of kind of vindication because finally, even though he got that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even though he had that very brief not recognised title win, he was kind of promised that eventually he'd get, he'd be in that position again he's finally a year later after he's been knocking it apart at night everything he's been given he's finally back and finally in a pay-per-view main event for the main title
6: yeah especially like just before like the the phantom title when shall we say yes before that he was literally almost about to walk out yeah and now he's at this point where he's almost a main event level mm-hmm. player
2: yeah definitely and at this time yeah, the invasion would happen and Jericho would enter into a kind of a feud with The Rock where they were supposed to be together to help defend the WWE but they couldn't get along. Jericho won the WCW title for all of two weeks. Uh, he and Rock would also win the tag titles while they were feuding because that seemed to be a thing everybody did back then when <laughs> they were feuding. Uh, he would debut a new finisher called The Breakdown, does anyone remember this? No. It was basically the Skull Christian finale, he didn't do it as well as The Miz would do later on oh, I vaguely remember that actually Ah yeah yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, it rings a bell Yeah, there, the squall between him and The Rock would almost lead to Jericho Cost team Team WWE at Survivor Series against the Alliance and then probably the crowning moment of his career up until that point uh, Vengeance, a moment he doesn't talk about a lot when he beat <laughs> The Rock and Stone Cold and the one night to become the first ever Undisputed Champion a moment which caused Ross and Alan Lucas' hearts to break when he pinned The Rock that night. And he would go on a run What He wasn't really booked to be the strongest world champion, is there to say? No. 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 He was
0: the third wheel of the Triple H-Stephanie feud. Yeah. and yeah. He was just made to look like an afterthought in his own... Like when he was meant to be the guy yeah. going into WrestleMania.
2: Yeah, it speaks volumes when he's the champion it's in his own home country. Even he's campaigning not to be in the main event because he knows Rock Hogan... Is like, you can't follow that. I think it was more of Triple H and Finn's thing. They think, no, the title must go on last and all that.
0: Well, you can sort of argue that both those arguments make sense because they've sort of flip flopped with it over the years. But I think when well, you've got two megastars like Rock Hogan, you can't take away from that.
2: Yeah, definitely. It was definitely a hard act to follow. and it wasn't I not that uh, good a match. <laughs> I don't think. Which one?
0: Yeah, no, the,
5: the Triple H Jericho match. I think, I
2: think it was kind of a serviceable match. But I think given wasn't how any knackered any the, 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 the crowd were, mm, no, it wasn't even more of an uh, event. Two and a half stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Dave Nelson. <laughs> but uh, I think it was kind of a case of. Uh, sorry. I heard the story that apparently the whole thing that that pairing was there may be implying that Jericho and Stephanie were having an affair and all that. Jericho purposely injured uh, Triple H that month back, and then Triple H apparently nixed the idea of his life going with Jericho. It's good looking man, no
5: wonder.
4: Yeah, it's they've done a lot of them angles back in the day. Everyone was at it. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: like a box of hamsters.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's even worse nowadays. You see how many wrestlers are the girls. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man's man. Have you have you also heard the story about how Jericho found out he was winning the title at Vengeance? Apparently, he was in he mixed things like it might be you, it might be this person, but he never actually believed it and he heard Vince McMahon talking to Undertaker and went, you know business is going downhill, when we're putting the belt on Jericho. Which <laughs> 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 is definitely harsh, but apparently Undertaker was one of the few people when he lost his help to really uh, like prop, give him props for all the work he'd done as champion. So it just goes to what kind of a locker room leader the Undertaker was mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. But in kind of the years that follows, he's had almost his peak, he's been the world champion, he's been in our main and main event even though it wasn't the best you can still say I was in the main event of Wrestlemania and there are many other greats who can't really say that but then in the years would fall he seemed to kind of wander a lot of the time he would while well, he'd be entertaining like, he'd tie team him with Christian the vitamin C as I believe they called themselves and they then broke up because they both wanted to date Tristratus oh it was over the Canadian dollar one not yeah. it yeah <laughs> I bet you
0: I bet you one dollar you can't get with with uh, Tristratus yeah yeah and no, that, was, that definitely was not mentioned when no, it he, was enough. him it was he would it was who would go away, get with who first right Christian yeah, was with oh yeah and they had that intergender match at Armageddon 2002
2: oh, no how no this angle was not mentioned near Lita or Strish's Hall of Fame packages uh, no wonder but <laughs> you forget actually as well He had that uh,
5: great match at Wrestlemania 19 yes. with oh, Yeah. oh yeah that's yeah. a bell turbo match
3: it, definitely it's
2: a really show stealing match especially on that card when you had Rock Austin 3, you had Hogan yet McMahon, you had uh, the main event at angle brought Lesnar to stand out on a card I big as a real testament and apparently Michael's credited that feud in that match for making him want to come back full time because he still wasn't really sure of himself mm. post uh, back injury Yeah, no wonder but they, mm-hmm.
5: t- they worked really well uh, It's a great bit of heel work he does at the end of the oh, match yeah. as well mm. with a hug and he just Literally, Mm -hmm. you've talked about he Literally kicks him. That's why I wanted to do to Goldberg all those years ago. Right in the jewels. Right in the Bobby.
3: Right in the Naveen and (laughs) the Colts. Seeing that build after the Shawn Michaels fight, I just remember it was Raw Montreal, and he has Chris Jericho highlight reel, Mm -hmm. and he brings out Shawn Michaels to apologise to the Canadians for what he did back in (laughs) the and proper had them in the hands. Anyway. No, I'm not going to fight you here. I mean, the economy is bad, the people <laughs> are bad. And then he goes around the ring and said, Hollywood. <laughs> For <laughs> a week, I was going Hollywood. My mom was like, why are you saying Hollywood? Loved <laughs> it. Yeah,
2: and there was that natural story because Jericho, in reality, does, did admire Shawn Michaels. He was his idol. You wanted to emulate him. And so basically that kind of guy, it's the only guy you admire. Now you're in the ring with him at WrestleMania. Jericho probably said, he actually wrestled all of his heroes bar one and that was Owen Hart. The main decision going to do is I want to wrestle Owen Hart and sadly Owen passed away just a few months before he got there so we never got what would have been definitely a dream match at that Mm. time especially Mm. looking back at it. Mm. Oh I didn't mean to bring it down. (laughs) So somberly sorry about that. But Jericho has said like when he looks back his Wrestlemania record like there's only a few matches he's truly proud of and that is one of them and I think it definitely it was a big confidence given the match he had the year prior.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah definitely, I think you're right with that. I actually thought these match with Christian the year after mm-hmm.
0: was a
5: sleeper match at that WrestleMania
0: yeah. as well, I thought they actually put on a quite good... yeah, yeah given they were, they were the what, second match of the night, they still... yeah. I think yeah. The, the fact that they had the good solid feud behind it as well, that, that helped it out a bit. And with Trish's heel turn at the end as well where she ends up siding with Christian it just added a new dimension and it was long like commentary from JR. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> no,
2: like, I remember I had a tape of that mainly and I to think this was the opening match because for a reason that tape started like midway through this match and switching so it made is real it's not until the highlight package at the end Yeah, I realized there was two other matches <laughs> But tag matches with it yeah oh yeah the, there the was yeah title
0: match. It, was a th- it was a third match by a mistake
2: yeah but anyway yeah it was definitely like you said a, a sleeper hit and he would basically be going he would continue the whole thing Christian Christian would get injured he would feed him with Tyson Tonko of all people everybody remembers big old Tyson Tom uh, the man with the huge goatee and all the hat <laughs> yeah uh, before that though holding Christian he would re- renew hostilities with an old friend when Bill Goldberg would would, would come to WWE uh, this apparently led to a real life fight uh, back to where Goldberg tried to tackle Jericho and Jericho took him down with a face lock <laughs> <laughs> it's just absolute madness thinking yeah. like, you look at the size of Goldberg
4: it's like mm-hmm. wait Jericho took down that man mountain yeah or what was it We'll go with the Braun Strowman thing that he's using in these days. Hashtag meat missile. <laughs> i never heard of that, before, right? That's on his Instagram. Uh, but apparently, uh, apparently, apparently, don't Google it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> don't take images wherever you do.
5: <laughs> Does that probably explain the viciousness of the speed of that year's elimination oh, that chamber? Is. Oh,
2: that is the yeah. best. Oh, Where he uh, went through the glass. Oh, that
5: was
0: the, the pod,
2: Yeah. Yeah. I felt that at home. Oh yeah. Apparently, Corey Jacobs once they got separated. Uh, there was a, they started yelling at each other and, Jer- <laughs> and Jericho yelled you're being an asshole and they go Goldberg apparently responded your mother's an asshole <laughs> and then there's just a bit of awkwardness and then Bigger T just looks over just imagines in picker T's voice did he just call your mother an asshole
5: using asshole oh. yes, you, just say <laughs> that, <man. laughs> you
2: know You um, know about assholes <laughs> don't you we're, co- we're coming for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah he would basically it was kind of like, kind of like I said before, he was shiftless. He was, he was making stuff work but he didn't have any clear direction. He'd won the IC title a few more times here and there but then going into Mania 21, he didn't really have any direction. But then he would get together with Brian Gwartz, and they would come up with what we now know as the Money in the Bank ladder match. MONEY! Originally it was going to be like the WrestleMania like dream something where you have one wish and when you win this, in originally it was going to be before he got injured he was going to win it and wish for the return of ECW. And that would lead to one night stand coming back, but then eventually, I think with Jericho, he even pushed for See, Edge I, to win it. I would have that concept. You could
5: imagine it, couldn't you?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. imagine but, what some superstars would wish for. Although some, I think, yeah, there's, a, there's, I mean, the possibilities are endless. But mm-hmm. I think at some point, you can be a bit realistic, a bit, a bit unrealistic with it.
2: Yeah. Would you say like part of Jericho's legacy will be coming up with the initial idea for this match? Definitely. Yeah, because it has led to kind of. What the King of Ring used to be back in the nineties and that this is kind of deciding who our potential main eventers are mm-hmm. going forward.
6: Especially consider what the match was supposed to be with Jericho. Whoa. it was between Benoit and Edge? A submission match. Oh, well, like but yeah, had,
2: and they had an even have a submission. Exactly. Yeah, yeah
6: so. we had the Executioner, but mm. uh, had a brutal that's submission, by the way. Yeah,
0: it's like an yeah. inverted sharpshooter.
2: Yeah, and. I think the match became a WrestleMania staple for years. It branched off into its own pay-per-view, mm-hmm. and Jericho did play a good part in it. It has provided many memorable ladder match spots over the years. And
5: the Jack Swagger
0: one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. And it's also provided some less memorable moments like that one.
0: Kane won it as well. You
2: see his role. <laughs> that was <like> <laughs> His role in two thousand four,
0: two thousand five. He seemed to be just putting a lot of up-and-coming talent, you know, he was putting over Edge, he was putting over Sheldon, Sheldon Benjamin. Benjamin. Yep. Yeah. I, I, that just sort of felt like his role. He's the guy that the young and up-and-comers can get can get wins over and give themselves some legitimacy. find a lot of his career. Yeah. yeah. like that, you know. Yeah. yeah. But it, it sort of just sort of became more noticeable around sort of that time, I'd yeah. say. Yeah, definitely. Particularly when he had no sort of... Really big sense of direction.
2: Yeah, definitely. Like, like, apparently, he legit didn't know. Shel mention was his opponent at Taboo Tuesday because the full fan vote thing. Like, yeah. he legit didn't know. And the referee was him as making his entrance. He's winning. So like towards the end, Jericho went, "I just want me and then give me your finish." <laughs> so basically, it just goes to show how good Jericho is that he can like come up with stuff like on the fly. And he's not one for range stuff. Out, he's one of these guys like we we'll call it in the ring. And like he said, he would be putting a lot of guys over at the time. And he was meant to work with Carlito. And lead up to summer, at Summerslam but then around that time uh, John Cena was coming up, he'd given John Cena his first big baby back in 02 and he decided he would help put over John Cena on his way out even even asked for knowing that he'd asked for a month's contract extension to, so the result wasn't obvious because he decided I need to take some time away I need to like, go focus on other things so but some people credited this feed as when the crowd started turning a little bit on Tuesday because in that SummerSlam you can hear very loud Let's Go Jericho chants.
5: Yeah, I think that was when Super Cena was starting to come about. Yeah. Mm. Uh,
2: they had
0: the You're Fired stipulation as well. well. I don't see why they couldn't have just done that for SummerSlam I think, rather than the Raw after.
2: I think the whole part of the essential was then leaning onto a Raw was like he was maybe going away so that if he had continued to have a rematch on Raw he was trying to make it less obvious but eventually he would be fired by Eric uh, Bischoff he would be carried out kicking and screaming I wouldn't see Jericho for another two years because it'd be off. He wanted to focus on other things. He'd started Fozzy a few years back and he wanted to make that a proper thing. Quick question before we all go to break. Does anyone here actually like Fozzy? I do, yes. I like Fozzy. One
6: uh, or two songs.
2: I think they're quite... I think they're decent. Judas is a, Judas is a good song. Oh, Judas is an, yeah. an absolute anthem. And they, they've got some good stuff. I just sometimes think Jericho puts them over a bit too much because they're his band. Like, it's good that he has that belief in it, but like you look at them like this is it's not really what you claim it is Derek. it's a good thing
5: he pulled them from that bat, that musical battle episode of Raw John Cena oh, yeah, he's rapping and done mm.
2: him maybe Battle of the Bands <laughs> yeah and because originally they started as a cover band and they were starting to do more of their own original stuff and that's I remember at that time so Jericho wanted to say I've made I've done all this I've been successful I've won all these championships and I want to go away and see if I can be as successful in this as I was here mm-hmm. and he would come back a few years later in 2007, but we'll talk about everything he did from that point when we come back for the week, but until then, this is, please enjoy Jericho's return promo when he made a shocking return in late 2007 when he interrupted Randy Orton. We'll see you after this.
6: Wrestling has more than one royal family. Hey guys, this is Randy
1: Rhodes and you are listening to Eat Sleep Suplex 32. I have beaten all that there is to beat, and now it is time for the torch
3: to be passed to me. Right outside the arena here in uh, Fort Lauderdale,
6: it uh, literally and figuratively the torch.
1: I am so ready for this. I deserve this. I have earned this. And well, there he comes. a a for runners all the way from
6: Miami to here in Fort Lauderdale. Strain on his face. We're blaming.
0: is speedball mike bailey and you're listening to eat sleep suplex retweet ladies and gentlemen welcome to eat sleep suplex retweet
2: welcome back to eat sleep suplex retweet i'm your host scott and i'm still joined by stephen grant david nathan and Quarku. and the promo you just heard there was when jericho made his triumphant return after two years away to confront then Doe champion Randy Orton, he'd taken some time away because he wanted to focus on other projects and we here at Eat Retreat, we know about doing outside projects and we support our panelists when they do their other projects. Much like we support Stacey Smith and her new venture, (laughs) winelovers.com. It's a fine selection of wines direct to your door. Whether you want something to pair nicely with your Shettleston steak or something to watch while you're catching up in your favourite Kez Evans matches, Stacey will be there to point you in the direction of what she calls a good one. (laughs) Winelovers.com. Enter enter promo code EMBER to get a free corkscrew with your next order. (laughs) If your
5: delivery's half an hour late, do well. (laughs)
2: we cannot guarantee on time delivery (laughs) but it's back to Jericho he returns they start making his vignettes similar to when he returned in 1999 the the second coming of Y2J where he started doing this whole code thing can you crack the code and the code would basically be save us Y2J I think people again much like his 99 debut people knew it was Jericho like two months earlier or a month or so earlier at no mercy when the title was vacant and they needed an opponent for Randy Orton people started chanting Y2J because they knew he was expected back at some point mm-hmm. uh, Stephen do you think this return suffered because they were just basically trying to redo what had happened before
5: yeah it was just very failed they just they, just, they seemed to want to bring him back just for a one shot match and then not have a scooby what to do with him no. I mean they had the match they had the <coughs> match with Orton and they Chopped him immediately. a feud with JBL. Then he just get given the IC title because of issues with Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it just looked like they had absolutely no idea what to do with him. Mm-hmm. And then he got involved with uh, the whole Batista, not sure, Michael, Ric Flair retirement thing.
2: Yeah, I think it was kind of clear that the whole Y2J thing uh, worked back in '99, but it wasn't going to work here. I think this is when Jericho does what he does best and begins to reinvent himself.
4: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of it was just it was, it was really misguided at the time. Or mm-hmm. the 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 really piggybacked off the, the Matrix, the whole mm-hmm. the way they done the code and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But it was just it didn't really work the first time.
2: But yeah. Vince being Vince, mm-hmm.
6: Matrix if also it, being if it doesn't 99. if it doesn't work, <laughs> we'll try it so. again anyway.
2: It's yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. And David, I think as it's, it's remember this time, we find we see very clearly that face Jericho was not really as good as heel Jericho.
0: No, I think Y2J returning was a bit more of a nostalgia pop than yeah. anything else. I think it was just to get maybe the fans like who had just joined at that point maybe more more familiar with Y2J. And then mm-hmm. when he goes through that gradual heel turn, I think that was I think the timing was there. But for the first month, he was a bit floundering. But I will say this, though. We did get that cracking promo with Santino Marella on his return match. <laughs> like Santana, Sandusky, Santito, Santoco. <laughs> and he
2: they- and then, he would read, then they would have him redo that again with Fandango. He constantly making face Jericho redo what he's done yeah. before. This is why he's so much better as a heel. But yeah, he would win the IC tile for a record saying It's time when he beat Jeff Hardy. Because Jeff Hardy had certain issues. He, I'm sure he's better now. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> and then he would begin kind of a slow uh, build towards a heel turn. And I'm thinking it's fair to say... It's between this and a run we're going to talk about later on as the best time in Jericho's mm-hmm. career when he's, he's got this new look, he's got the hair shorter now, yeah. and he slowly starts to become heel because he sees he sees Shawn Michaels as a liar but can't really get the head around why the fact the fans don't see him as that as well. You
6: hear this From um, the wrestlers on the like, podcast etc. where the best heel is one who believes mm-hmm. in what he what he's doing is right, yeah. and Jericho's exactly that in this feud here.
2: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Kweku, uh, what were your thoughts on this version of Jericho? It's like probably the best version of heel Jericho we got when he finally snapped. He, he does kind of a uh, callback to when Michaels threw Marginetti through the barbershop, in a way, he throws him through the uh, the Jeritron 5000, the very expensive Jeritron 5000, <laughs> and <laughs> begins probably the best feud, like undoubtedly the best feud of 2008
3: with Shawn Michaels. It's, it's funny because he changed the way he even talked mm-hmm. that's the thing yeah. that kind of struck me and he was talking in that low voice mm-hmm. and that preachy way of like yes you know what you say is ramped up as nonsense but you just can't help but suck, get sucked in and yeah. believe yeah. it yeah. and slow, <laughs> slow <laughs> and yeah.
0: methodical and very very broad as well
5: yeah, mm-hmm. using mm-hmm.
2: big words like hypocrite and parasite and all that. you say this is
5: the best feud of 2008, that's because it was just before that historic moment
0: he had with Bob Barker no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Uh, like, on Raw, I think it was the next year. Or this year yeah. but- uh, Chris Jericho was like the only guy who could play like a, a proper heel character, but still make it look funny, like with whoever yeah. he interacts with. That's his that's his secret. He's pointing that bit. He's about to beat him up, and he says, "Was it the number it one? <laughs> one and a <laughs> half." I and mean, then, oh, you said one. That's your number.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, that time he was just throwing it with any of the guest hosts at that time because. Basically, said, like, if anyone can get a good segment out of them, Jericho can. And basically, it's fair to say some of them were definitely better than others, Bob Barker being one of the better ones. But anybody who's watched Happy Gilmore knows how good Bob Barker is. (laughs) (laughs) The
0: price is
5: wrong, (laughs) bitch!
1: (laughs) It's the
2: best part of that film. It's so good. But, going back to to the Foodway Michaels. People forget he was still IC champion when he first turned and then Michaels would turn would uh, help cost him the title to Kofi Kingston which began a really long spell of jer- of Kofi randomly gets the IC title randomly wins the US title randomly wins the IC title again random tag partner wins the tag titles yeah. but oh. at least Kofi's doing better now just a bit yeah just, just a bit, a bit. <laughs> but yeah and then they had this great feud they had like on the last pay per view of the PG era, where Michaels gets all bloody, he goes after his eye, and then they have the match where the unsanctioned match at Unforgiven, where Shawn Michaels beats the hell out of Jericho until the referee just has to stop it. I remember at SummerSlam, it's the first pay per view of the PG era, and Jericho accidentally punches Shawn Michaels <laughs> wife in the face. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but what's, what's so
5: random about the Unforgiven one is he, he gets beaten up to little there. He can't stand And later in the night, he's the what He wins yeah. the world championship he's, Yeah he's yeah, just hobbling He's there.
0: hobbling down at the ring During the scramble match And literally within the last Five seconds oh, yeah. He gets the yeah. last, the winning pin
2: Yeah I think that's really Railed the fans up Even more against Like you think Finally he's been beaten up He's got his comeuppance Oh crap Now he's got the title Makes um, you even well, more. That's actually <laughs> my That's actually my Exact reaction to it It's like yes he's finally done No And Jericho <laughs> you had a Great comeback today, Saying like That match was unsanctioned So what did Shawn Michaels Really win Me on the other hand I've got this hmm. Genius <laughs> does it it, so well, yeah. And he and Michaels would have what was voted, I think, by Michael's match of the year that year. They had a great ladder match at No Mercy. Jericho, even when he hosted Tough Enough in 2015, there was a segment where he had all the Tough Enough trainees sitting around watching this match and taking notes about how to work a proper match. And, well, the only person that focused on that was Patrick Clark. (laughs) A.K.A. Teen Dream. I think everybody could tell, but... Uh, so then From there he lo- finally loses Randomly to John Cena John Cena comes back Gets a world title shot for Reasons <laughs> Jericho's at this disadvantage, He couldn't see who he was fighting That's true And then he goes on this run Of fighting guest hosts And then In to me He has this thing where He hates old men Because <laughs> of the film the Wrestler
5: Yeah but it does lead to A really good match At Backlash that, that, yeah, yeah with Ricky Steamboat, Steamboat Yeah Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Which is much better than the when Steamboat team with Piper and Rick James <laughs> to th- barely walk. To be fair, that match is
5: really just a one-on-one one match with having Steamboat because the other two get knocked out in like five minutes, mm-hmm. and then and Steamboat go for like the, the other half of the match, you yeah. know. Then Mickey Rock just knocks, knocks him. Into. Yeah, because
2: like, Mickey Rock was maybe his original opponent, and then said, "No, it'll hurt my Oscar chances," and then he didn't win the Oscar. <laughs> 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 I mean, who here wouldn't rather see Mickey Rock v Chris Jericho at WrestleMania? I mean, that would have made May 25 a bit more memorable. <laughs> <laughs> and then, it was in this time period, he would win the icy title yet again for like the ninth time where he interviewed with Rey Mysterio because he's, he didn't like Ray wearing a mask and I mentioned this on the Masked Wrestler show, Vince doesn't see the appeal of masks, even though he's probably sold thousands of them thanks to the likes of Rey Mysterio and Sin But Jericho explained to this, I'm a bully and I want to take this thing away from because Vince loves bully heels. I love that you talked about best-selling masks and didn't mention Kane. <laughs> no.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I <about> that.
3: Forty-three.
5: <laughs>
4: shut up. Let's mark.
2: Oh, that's a <bit> <laughs> I shut off. Yeah, but he's the one in control of the microphones. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but then never match at uh, Extreme Rules, Jericho when uh, where he goes to the 619 Jericho grabs the mask. Off of Ray, and then as he's cover up, he rolls him up and he takes the IC title. Then they have a great title versus mass match at Great American Bash where he gets the belt back. And then was in a partnership which is better than it you'd think it would be at this time, where he and the Big Show are the unified tag team champions, or is there a better known Jedi Show? Well, it
0: was originally made a team with Edge, but Edge had his Achilles injury.
2: Yeah, because they were because they would fight feed at feed it resume and the whole thing was they were meant to have this long heel run and then eventually break up and uh, wrestle and then obviously they have to work around it and then they bring in the Big Show and Big Show would always talk about this type of because Jericho's one of these guys who if he believes in something he'll argue with it mm. until you agree with it as well and Big Show, like I could basically get whatever I want because I knew big Jericho would argue it for me <laughs> uh, Any thoughts uh, here on the Jericho-Big Show partnership? because I thought it worked, worked
5: really well together
2: It
5: definitely does I thought it was really successful Uh, They had a lengthy, lengthy run They didn't lose it They lost it to DX Mm -hmm. Yeah, at the The TLC that year It
4: was the longest period that Big Show stayed in one constant state rather than going between face and heel every (laughs) day I
0: mean, you know you think it was a bit of an an odd pairing Mm -hmm. at first but it's the classic sort of big man smaller man Mm -hmm. tag team and they do work I think it's the fact that their heel work together you know, Big Show was wearing a suit more often and stuff they really looked like they ran (laughs) the mm-hmm. tag division yeah. like it's Jericho's the, the the cocky boss mafia looking guy and Big Show's his heavy hand so I really enjoyed their run especially the fact that they could continue comedy angles when it was needed mm-hmm. like when they had the promo in the ring with Ricky Hatton in the UK that year and I think during Smackdown the decade of Smackdown anniversary where Michael Cole threw up on Jericho's shoes <laughs>
2: <laughs> I remember that segment but uh, yeah, they did have a long one. It went from July till December. Uh, basically, Jericho was the mouse of the group. He would constantly be riling people up. But then he always had this big enforcer at his back. Big Show would always come in at the last minute. and Usually in their matches, his knockout punch would be the deciding factor. And a lot of other matches until they eventually lost. And then, because Jericho was on SmackDown, he couldn't be on Raw anymore because he had the unified titles. I mean, he could appear on Raw. But then that was null and void. I mean, brands don't really mean anything nowadays with people and back and forth as they please but this whole thing where he was going outside trying to sign, a, get people to sign a petition let him be back on Raw and then make sure they come in talk to him and they just basically like, like a break up from a romantic comedy like it's over, we had some good times together but I don't want it to end you'll move on, you'll find someone else and you know, then he found them You yeah know it's awkward when your ex moves on so quickly isn't it? <laughs> yeah but then Jericho he would eventually, he would win the World Championship once again and Edge would make a shocking return and he would, he would be, have a match at Wrestlemania for the title. Jericho, was anyone here surprised that Jericho retained because it seemed like the natural progression of the story would be Edge comes back because Jericho was slagging him when he was away, he stayed calling him weak. He crumbled under the pressure, that's how he got injured and I found a better partner so was it weird that Jericho retained him?
5: Yeah, aye. Very much so It was uh, Especially with the big hype Of the return of Edge At the rumble Yeah It's pretty interesting Yeah Only for it to pretty much Fall flat And then They immediately kind of turned And the two of them Were kind of getting along Like three months later During the Nexus angle
2: Yeah And you talk about facial expressions Jericho's facial expressions When Edge's music hits At the 2010 Royal Rumble Is perfect Just like No he's not here (laughs) Because everybody assumed That Edge would be here For like a year at most And it was like Eight months later same as Kane's reaction when Undertaker shows up in the end of the threating. I buried no. you. Well there's a difference between being injured and thinking you murdered someone. <laughs> That's true. And then Jericho, he would we found out why you were because he would be cast in on by the most memorable money in the bank holder ever. <laughs> Jack Slagger. and be at this point, was probably thinking, Why did I come up with this concept? <laughs> and Jack Jer- basically copied Jericho's whole thing. He had short hair, he wore a suit all the time, he would talk slowly i don't think he and someone, somebody pointed. Out. Jack Swagger looks like if you gave Heal Jericho one of those mushrooms from Mario Kart and he grew, he becomes Jack Swagger. Is that wow. bit of a niche reference there? Oh, wow! <laughs> <laughs> I can see Carl appreciates that. Mushroom
0: being a very selective word.
2: we we'll not make no, soap, make no accusation. Jericho's not. We don't endorse drugs. <laughs>
6: <laughs> the mushroom's meant to make you better as well, though. I know. Cause... It's not worked the Bigger does not mean better In this occasion. Can we agree that this reference has falling flat? Yes. Yeah, right in the first.
2: <laughs> Much like the cashing of Jack Wilder. Yeah. Like you said, Jericho, he would, <laughs> he would just be around for a while. he would be in an excess angle and then he got written off Gv because Randy Orton punted in head. Ironically, around right at the same time, he happened to have a new apple coming out. <laughs> and then he comes back and, and a proper ready-made food, best in the world versus best in the world. It's Chris Jericho versus CM Punk. And again, Jericho has this whole thing of hyping up the whole. This is the end of the world as you know it. <laughs> and again, everybody knew it, it was Jericho. Like, like it seems to be one thing. Like Jericho, just don't tell anybody you're coming back because we can all tell when you're coming back. Great jacket though. Yeah, great jacket. He started the whole layout, yeah. Apparently, it nearly, it nearly failed before he first used it because everybody backstage wanted to try it on. <sighs> he even have Brodus Clay wearing it and nearly like popped it. A lot better <laughs> than
6: the waistcoat he wore when he last showed up. Jeez. Yeah, one yeah, improvement.
2: I think as soon as Punk and his people call themselves the best in the world, everybody could tell like, a, great, a great feud, if it ever happened, would be mm. him versus Jericho. Mm-hmm. And oh don't we go everybody, around everybody, quick thoughts on the Jericho Punk food to you? I quite liked it.
5: Uh, there was the moment with the, the DUI test mm-hmm. where had to make him walk, Punk walks quite straight. I quite like that. It was really
4: enjoyable. I absolutely loved it. The fact that he got really personal, talking with Punk's dad and stuff like that just yeah. really brought out the best in the two of them. Like things, really. I think
0: the fact they didn't win the Royal Rumble was the only thing wrong with that, because mm-hmm. I think that could have skyrocketed them even further.
6: But apart from that, Great Feud. Yeah, as everyone said, Great Feud, especially about where uh, he smashes the whiskey. Yeah. I on just looked brutal.
3: Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was just the way he was talking to Punk like he was a shrink yeah. in that really sadistic <laughs> way. And um, I personally found it funny when he was attacking Punk mm. on the ground that he slipped up the alcohol oh, <laughs> and it yeah. to them. Yeah, I, well, I loved it. The, the Street Fighter
2: mode, I think, was a better match than the WrestleMania match because oh, yeah. I was in an awkward kind yeah. of position because you had all these other big matches, End of the Era and Rock v Cena. Uh, and I loved the little, little smashing the bottle. to Jericho, he's actually made a tattoo oh, pump, that's which what right, Punk yeah. was up for, but Vince Wooden, where was mm. blood being involved, like, oh yeah, but just smash the glass and so that won't cut them open. <laughs> Yeah, but then after that he goes away again because in a kind of a convoluted way to write him off TV I think it's probably the laziest example of writing him out of TV as uh, he's fighting Dolph Ziggler and Dolph Ziggler's uh, I shouldn't... Uh, Dolph Ziggler's mind the bank because he's on the line and also Jericho's just put up Why don't we put up your contract as well? Your WWE contract that is and Jericho lost on a random episode and then he's gone like It's kind of a really boring way to write him out but then he did return at the Royal Rumble, and thankfully he took our advice years after we gave it to him. Like, <laughs> saying, like, Don't announce you're coming back because he didn't announce he was coming back at the 2013 Rumble, and he got a huge pop yeah. upon his return.
0: That was a huge, huge shocker of the night. And you think, you know, you've, you've already kind of figured out who's going to win the Rumble at that point, but then you throw a random Jericho return mm-hmm. in, and you think, Wait a minute, this, this sort of changes up a bit. This mm-hmm. has
6: now just made it interesting. Yeah, And Ziggler like as well it was number one. So, mm-hmm. you know,
2: Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, definitely. And a weird period for Jericho from 2013 to around 2016, where he would kind of be in nothing feuds like he would, as as, uh, Dave said earlier on, putting younger guys over. He was running with a lot of new uncadent. The biggest example would be WrestleMania, where he had to put over Fandango, even though he was very much against the idea of working with Fandango. What a what a place on the card these
5: guys had on that year, you, <laughs> you know, you know you've got the big match with Punk and Taker coming up. You've got Roman Reigns in a two. Let's have Fandango, who now is back on NXT. Yeah, <laughs> so that Rob done with really well.
2: Yeah, I can see, you can see what they're trying to do, but I think you can tell this is a guy that had probably a short lifespan, whether or not he won or not. It was Johnny Yeah, <laughs> the, the guy on. who won
0: NXT season four. four. I think yeah. The music was a belt, though. yes yeah. Music was a belt. get how over. <laughs> it, it, it was just number just, nine in the UK charts <laughs> like I, a few weeks after it came out. <laughs> yeah.
2: For a few uh, for a few weeks afterwards, this was the big thing, like and the fans were. he was so over. The fans kept singing these theme songs. Oh, they yeah. had they after Sunday, I think, Fandango was actually meant to go from this and win the IC title, <laughs> and then got injured. Concussed. Concussed. So yeah. The, so then they put up. Who's yeah. the best alternative? Curtis Axel. He was behaving at that point. <laughs>
4: Yeah. Could have went, could have gone it somewhere. Probably, but and that fandango music make great wedding music for your first dance, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Somebody write heart. that down,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's fair to say Jericho was really and I stuck in a was one position where he has to work with the up and coming talent. And speaking of up and coming talent, there's new wrestlers coming up every single day. And you need to find the best training possible. And we recommend the Stracaconda Pro Wrestling Society, <laughs> where our own Steven Strachan will give you tips on what not to do if you want to be a semi decently successful professional wrestler. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Shots fired!
2: <laughs> With classes on suplexing, throwing people through windows, and Twitter trolling. <laughs> <laughs> Even, oh, which also includes so guest trainers such as Cav.
0: Oh sweet Jesus. What was that phrase what was that phrase he used? He's gonna rip you open like a
2: canoe. you can also learn how to do that at the Structure Pro Wrestling Society. Taking taking new applications now. You need to stop
0: digging yourself a hole here. This isn't gonna
1: die. (laughs) Oh
2: (laughs) fantastic (laughs) life. Yeah, this is the one that's gonna get me killed, so take advantage of this offer now. Uh, Yeah. Back to Jericho. He would only return every so often, mainly on live events and like big network specials. He had a brief feud with Bray Wyatt, where it culminated him putting him over in a steel Cage match on Raw. He returned at Beast in the East, beating Neville. I'm surprised. He returned at MSG, because it was his 25th year in wrestling, and he put over Kevin Owens with the IC title. And then he returned in 2016 and again, they still don't matter for the mistakes. They made him return as kind of a baby face, Although I think Jericho had plans to tur- always to turn heel anyway. And he had this weird segment with the day, And a lot of people were kind of wondering like, if Jericho lost it at this point. Mm-hmm. I think we'd learn late in the year that no, he still very much had it. Because he would turn heel, he would have weird feuds with a. Uh, AJ Styles Y2
5: Jackass
2: <laughs> you got to think How rare is that Y2 AJ t-shirt Like if you have one Please write in way, like, <laughs> I know Who actually bought that Because I don't think they Actually officially released it I don't think Because like they now. I think they did release it like, No a they did release really it Yeah It was literally A week It must have been I, I the and,
0: then he, and then he sets it on fire Yeah
2: <laughs> But Let us know if you have One of those shirts Because I think it would be Interesting to see who Would buy one But they had the match at WrestleMania. Jericho surprised everyone and won the match. Uh, then he has a feud with Ambrose, where he puts him over twice. At once being in the Ambrose Asylum match, where Jericho fairly took his first and last thumbtack bump. Mitch. Mitch the Plant. Yes, Mitch the, the Plant. Plan. A, a source of much frustration with.
5: My sources tell me that Mitch the Plant's coming back at all out. <laughs> <laughs> <make it> <laughs> <laughs> so all right, nice. now
4: something. <laughs> it's <taxing> Yes. <laughs>
2: and it wasn't a joke, it was legit 69 tics and... I forgot my point I <laughs> have <laughs> uh, another point about this feed and I forgot it yeah he's talked about how when they had the old smashed up eh uh, he had uh, uh, Ambrose smashed up his jacket they got like a fake jacket because they've seen replicas advertised online and he said how when Ambrose was smashing it somehow even though when he wore the real jacket, brought his clay were nearly wears it out, the Ambrose ripping that apart, the thing is still blinking <laughs> <laughs> The replica is stronger than the original mm-hmm. And like Jericho after he's matched Okada when he was talking to the press, he's talking about he even referenced it like I might fight John Mossley, that guy still owes me fifteen thousand dollars for my jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Continuity. And then Jericho this is debated between the best in the world run and this as his possibly best run of his career, the Gift of Jericho Drink it in man (laughs) Where Jericho basically decided I'm at a stage I can get anything over Give me something Give me a scarf A list I'll get this over I'll become best pals with with, uh, Kevin Owens (laughs) There was a Smackdown where Kevin Owens shouted to Jericho You're the GOAT and you're the Donkey and Jer- <laughs> yeah whatever. Go Canada. <laughs> That's
1: amazing that video.
2: <laughs> it's still brilliant thirsty. this day. Oh. <laughs> Again, much like the uh, big show, but I think a bit more successful, like who thought Jericho versus Jericho and Kevin Owens would be the greatest one of the greatest pairings we'd ever seen? <laughs> The only
5: person that didn't help was poor Seth Rollins. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. That <yeah. laughs> ruined him at that point. That
0: ruined his baby face. His early baby face run. Like yeah. The fact that Jericho and Owens were the heels in that partnership as well, and the mm-hmm. fact that they were probably the most over people in the entire roster that yeah. at that time of the year, because I don't know how... We were all at Raw Glasgow, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Were you there, Grant? Yeah, yeah. There, I remember that. Uh, Raw Glasgow... Like everybody was just cheering for them. They were. Yeah. They opened the show. They closed the show. Yeah. They even did the dark, the dark segment together. Yeah. yeah, and you know their segment with Enzo and Cass yes. in the ring as well. It was oh, it was just absolutely golden.
2: Yeah, because they would have that tag match at SummerSlam against Enzo and Owens would do the oh, little right. dance. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, it's really good. The
0: stuff actually. Like that one,
5: to we
2: feel? What I love about Jericho, he's also the week after Owens won the Universal Title because Finn Balor given up after one day. Because he, because on the ones that don't be holding a week, like, how dare you talk to Kevin Owens, the longest reigning Universal Champion <laughs> that way? I
5: love what he, I loved when he was in the, the cage, the sharp cage, yeah. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm a Kevin, sexy pinata, and uh, the
2: Kevin Owens um, Roman Reigns match because you can literally just hear him <laughs> screaming the full match. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, I want to <laughs> go and everybody again and talk about Jericho's run here. Your favourite moments from this list of Jericho runs, Stephen. Start with you. This up until the festival of friendship. we gonna include the festival. You of can friendship. include the festival of friendship if you want. If you're a sadist and you and you enjoy watching friendship be torn apart. It's amazing. Wow.
5: <laughs> it's, it's, it's just it's just when he opens the, the the box up and goes, why is my name on this list? Yes. Oh, it's That's me. Heartbreak, and then the
4: bit where Fassie gets killed in the line <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh yeah, it was awful. Like,
2: and the fact I mean, your story is about Triple Eight singing. No, it's too comedic for the whole festival, and it, ne- it almost never happened. Yeah. Like we're so lucky that we got that, segment. Grandview any other highlights other than the Festival of Friendship? For me it's one bit where it shows Jericho as a
4: real class act and I don't know if everyone remembers it when Neville got injured mid-match mm-hmm. and Jericho argued with the ref oh, because yeah. the ref didn't pick up on the fact that Neville had just broke his ankle and got himself disqualified he went off script just to defend Neville to make sure he didn't
0: get any further injured it just
4: showed him as a true class act in the ring mm-hmm. thinking on his feet
0: he can improvise so quickly when the situation calls and the fact that he can be so factually correct but also <laughs> hilariously like heelish at the same time I mean out of all the moments that I always keep looking back on it's the moment where he was on Raw Glasgow as well like with the he's backstage with Owens looking for Braun Strowman oh, trying to yeah. recruit him and then as soon as Braun was like I'm on team Braun you just hear the pen click and he just writes, him, writes his name down
6: <laughs> like he doesn't even say it out loud uh, D- there was literally just 10 miles. <laughs> I was about to say, just, um, yeah, it doesn't even say you're on the list. The click of the pen, <laughs> <and> just laughed laugh them around. It's the stress of
2: that. you got that list over. I know, it's just yeah, got it a part. A guy that can get a
0: clipboard pad. over is a
6: yeah.
2: guy
0: who's deserves to say uh, You credit. just
2: made the list! <laughs> like, I remember they had another thing with Braun when Braun was in with Sami Zayn and Kevin's can't find the list, and Braun has it. He goes, I don't see Sami Zayn's name on here, and he slams it down, and as he walk away, he goes, it's on page 4, you stupid idiot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you have any particular highlights? I hey, a lot of them. Mystery. For me,
3: it was when the list transition from the list of things wrong with Mick Foley yes. into the list of stupid idiots. <laughs> it was the fact that people kept on interrupting them. And then he just made it up. And then he put my Foley on it and he said, I'm already on the list and goes, Well you're on it again. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: the fact, he was
0: building up to it as so well. I was like, Alright, everybody get ready he's about to say it's like, alright, right. oh you know what happens? You know what happens when you interrupt me? You know what happens? You just made the list.
2: <laughs> uh, for me, we talked about the official friendship. We all knew the breakup was coming, it was but it was still hard. What I loved was the fake out a few months later, the night after Survivor years because Jericho kind of cost Owens because he was so concerned with his list during the Survivor Series match and they teased a breakup between the two and like you know who his fall is? I know I know as well they look at each other and go Roman Reigns <laughs> and they hug them the crowd pops for them getting back together <laughs> and they're like the heels yeah. it just goes through how great this partnership was and eventually not all good things can happen we can't all have nice things because Jer- Owens would turn on Jericho Jericho would then cost Owens the universal title and they would have a match at WrestleMania for the US Championship. That Vince McMahon hated. Yeah. I think these two, the two of them, hated as well because it was second on the card. It followed AJ uh, versus Shane, which actually really surpassed good. expectations. Yeah, yeah, really
5: Will you try and follow um, AJ's luxurious hair blowing in the wind? <laughs>
1: going up against the best wrestler yes, the in, the best in the world. world. The yeah. best in the world. The best in the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> but yeah, the fact that that match was the longest building feud of the entire year. And it's relegated to the second match of, Mania, of, Mania, of the Mania card, which is arguably the worst position to be in. And the fact that it wasn't even for the Universal title either, I think it's an insult to the both of them. It shows, re- the, shows how bad being setting the Mania is that you forgot that tag match at Mania 20. Yeah, exactly. It was that forgetful. <laughs> um, but that really ticked me off when I saw that feud was developing for a US title because it, yeah. U- it had Universal title written all over it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So I think it's fair to say we all would have rather seen this as the main event of WrestleMania for the title. Yeah. Yeah, and Jericho even said like he didn't realise it at the time but the more he thought about it, the more he realised this should have been the main event and that really impacted his decision to eventually leave WWE not long after but yeah Owens would win the US title at Wrestlemania in kind of an underwhelming match uh, With that. they'd have the rematch where Jericho shockingly kind of swerved everybody, won it back and then lost it on Smackdown mhm yeah. <laughs> But then Jericho would go away for a while, we'd not hear from him. we all assumed that Jericho will be back eventually once he's doing whatever he's doing with Fozzie at the moment, and then he starts this whole Twitter thing with Kenny Omega, come on, Kenny Omega, there's two people who are the best in the world, Jericho and Kenny Omega and Jericho apparently was once saying, no he's not even the best from Winnipeg, because <laughs> they're both from Winnipeg and then we all seem like they can't possibly do anything less because Jericho's such a loyalist to he has been such a company guy. And then in November of 2017, Kenny Omega is in the ring, and then the lights go out, and we hear Judas by Fozzie playing, and Jericho appears on the screen and challenges Kenny Omega to a match at Wrestle Kingdom 12 for the US Championship. Guys, I might go and get your thoughts. What were your thoughts when you heard Chris Jericho is going to New Japan? I was very, very shocked, as you said. Jericho had spoken about his
5: loyalty to Vince mm-hmm. for so long, you know. He had times where he could have went and he didn't. Mm-hmm. So for him to announce it at this particular point, as you said just off of his probably his best run by the company, yeah. was so shocking. But he obviously knew how big a star Omega was, how big the bullet club was, and he thought this could be his chance yeah. to do something different.
2: Uh, Grant, your thoughts when you've seen Chris Jericho oh. going to Basically a WWE guy challenging one of the biggest guys in New Japan at that point, Kenny Omega. I was screaming
4: with joy at the <laughs> telly. The whole house could hear me. It was just a dream match happening. They
2: get the best in the world against the best bout machine. Mm-hmm. Couldn't go wrong. Yeah, we, we've talk, Dave, I know we've talked about you being more of a WWE guy but I think the whole point of Jericho going was to get more guys who focused on WWE their eyes on to New Japan and you, would you say that was a kind of a success?
0: Yeah, it certainly worked for me because not only did I end up watching uh, Omega versus Jericho, which was a fantastic match. Yeah, I, It sort of helped me cater to try and watch more matches from that night, like yeah. particularly the, the Fatal 4-Way with Marty oh, Skrull and uh, Will Ospreay and all that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they were... You know, it really sort of took my eyes on the New Japan product. I thought, you know what? These guys are actually really, really good. Yeah. And it, it's, a, it's a good alternative for WWE, definitely. So having that cross-promotion aspect, it, it brings more casual fans of WWE like over to
6: something a bit more mainstream like New Japan <laughs> yeah it was certainly the reason why I tuned in to that guess, so kind of as well but I was also interested in like what Jericho are we going to see is it yeah. going to be like an offshoot of the last Jericho is it going to be a completely new mm-hmm. Jericho he's done in the past I was really interested to see what it was going to be
2: yeah because again this is another example of Jericho's evolution his ability to adapt and change his character because he did come out with the light of jacket for his first match but over mm-hmm. time he would slowly strip that away and he seen this new version the alpha <laughs> Chris Jericho. He does look like a man going through a midlife crisis of so. yeah. points, <laughs> he's a mid-aged emo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Quacko is again a massive Jericho fan, mm-hmm. you must have been like overjoyed to see
3: oh, Jericho in a match like this. Absolutely, it's finally where um, yeah. for quite a long time where he is the main talking point Yeah. Like, although like, I would talk about him and I'd think he's great, mm-hmm. but of an actual promotion, he was the main talking point of it again. And mm-hmm. fighting against somebody that was huge, and, uh, well, still is huge and everything, so... Mm-hmm. And just the shock of it, cos you, you just... The, even though they were going back and forth on Twitter, mm-hmm. you just never thought that was a bit of a dream. Yeah, and I was definitely looking forward to it cos I was, I was... A
2: lot of people were curious to see how Jericho would handle it, because... The WWE style was very different to the style that Kenny Omega was known for. And I think they did a smart thing of making it a no DQ pretty much because they set that match apart from anything else that was on that card. And we're all curious, is this going to be a one-off? But then the night after he starts a thing with Tetsuya Naito. he wins the IWGB Intercontinental Championship, becomes the first man to win the IC title in WWE and New Japan with Shinsuke Nakamura just being the second man to do that most recently and like it's just because you know like over time he started developing this new version of himself this alpha character he's compared. so he's trying he's trying to be a version of like Boozer Cody or Stan Hansen who when they would go over to your fans they would kind of terrify the fans like you have Jericho constantly hitting young boys giving people the finger like I remember they put a young boy in a was well, Jericho during a match I believe that young boy was the referee of that match's son shoot him! shoot him! shoot him! Oh, I
5: wonder what he's doing right now
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's trapped by a lunatic
5: <laughs> but, That lunatic bought him a DVD recently I'll let you know
2: 5,000 yen <laughs> But like he was still Jericho still While being in Japan He kind of made some dowry appearances He appeared at Raw 25 With the last putting Elias on the list He was in the Greatest Royal Rumble At number 50 And And like, But he said I won't wrestle in kind of North America Sorry, because he originally turned down All In appearance and then he appeared anyway, under disguised as Pentagon Junior to kind of hype up a thing he was doing on his cruise. But then Jericho's name was kind of thrown in in the rumour mill with Kenny Omega, with Kenny Omega Cody in the box with this new promotion that was starting up which we now know is All Elite Wrestling. Were any of you guys like thinking like, Jericho's been appearing in a Japan, but do you think he would sign with a major promotion in the US? Like when he appeared at that rally, I believe that was probably one of the most shocking moments of that entire rally Yeah, 100% It
5: was, uh, I think Vince described it as Vince didn't know anything about it, I think it was one of the most heartbreaking things For Vince mm-hmm. he's ever seen considering that But what a way to make a statement Yeah Because we all know as wrestling fans how good the Bucks are We know mm-hmm. how good Cody is, we know how good Omega is Jericho's a household name mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you unveil him in your first one yeah. And then that's them instantly on the map yeah and he's been he's not just a guy who's there for a paycheck he is very very vocal how much he wants mm-hmm. to that company to succeed
2: yeah he's a, all these guys are getting the first mainstream exposure which is why Jericho kind of him where he is the guy who's already been seen by mainstream audience like he's the guy that's saying like all, all your—all the eyes that are coming on this portion, it's all thanks to me like you're welcome and all that kind of the guy who's gonna kind of up his cell because he's already been successful and I think that's a really good way for him to stand out would you agree? Oh yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean he's he's doing that
4: but he's also still allowed to work in New Japan. He's mm-hmm. now he's went after Okada as well, so he's went after three of the four heads of the big stables in New Japan. Yeah. Give us the Dream Mac match, give us Suzuki, Jericho. Might be Jericho's retirement that one mate, <laughs> but but what he's doing with AEW, he's, he's setting he's setting everything apart and Jericho has found a new
0: lease on life with that Judas Elbow. <laughs> the cross-promotion aspect of it as well is, is is what's helping AEW help get started as well. Because obviously when it was announced at the start of 2019 that it's become an official promotion, you need a big drawing name that will get a good chunk of wrestling fans over. I mean, who bigger to have than one of WWE's most iconic superstars making a shocking appearance there? And that brings over the WWE fans to put eyes on this product as well, just like he did when he announced the match with Kenny Omega in New Japan. It has sort of the same effect, but this time it's an up-and-coming promotion and it needs a good a good j- jolt of energy just to get it going.
2: Yeah definitely like a main event is their very first show against Kenny Omega. He won and now he and Hangman Page are heading to all out on August 31st. Main event for the AEW championship, the first ever champion will be crowned. Well, I'm going to panel thoughts on Jericho being in the main event of the show, and will he win the E.W. Championship Stephen? I think he Will win the
5: championship on that one. I, I may have changed my opinion on what I've said previously. I can't hundred percent remember off the top of my head because there's been a lot. There's been a few bits of criticism on the Hangman Page booking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, people say they're they're going, they're going Roman Reigns style on him. So I think Jericho as a first champion cements a bit more legacy with Page chasing. Mm -hmm. if they make Paige the first champion obviously he's a great up-and-comer but it might not have the same effect as Jericho winning it maybe even dropping it before the year's out
4: Okay. I mean after seeing the reaction in the Sears Centre last year when Jericho done his ambush in Omega and the reaction that gets it makes sense to me Jericho being the first champion because Hangman is still growing he's still developing and to think it's going to sound harsh but to think that he would be the first champion when the likes of Omega and that could be challenging for it I wouldn't see him holding the belt for long so Jericho could hold it for a bit of time give it some needs prestige in its first run
6: yeah,
0: yeah it's a no brainer to have a guy like Jericho be the first champion as well because like uh, like the guys said you need an experienced veteran to really get the ball rolling with this championship and it adds prestige to it and the fact that Jericho it doesn't matter if he's a face or a heel he knows how to work a crowd and he knows how to provoke a reaction out of people. Doesn't matter if he does it comedically or sadistically. And having him as the the um the inaugural champion is the pinnacle of AEW going forward for the rest of the year. Or maybe even into following the next year. It has to be Jericho and I don't see anybody
6: else who could do it. Yeah it should be Jericho because he's main event level talent and Hammond Page
3: isn't that being Yep, yeah. but I would say Jericho would probably prefer mm-hmm. not to be that page Yeah, should be it.
2: Yeah, I could definitely see Jericho want to put Paige over and I think having some like him with the name value going in, especially with your first major TV show on TNT with all this new audience coming in, having someone like him as your champion, you'd want that but I think, plan-wise, it's going to be Hangman Page It's the first ever champion. But uh, we're going to have to wrap up there. And um, my first ask, do you guys think that Jericho's, legacy like will probably be him being one of the more versatile kind of characters, not just wrestling but characters? And wrestling because of his ability to change his character so often all the years to still remain relevant to the, to the fact, to the point where his main event major shows for championships today. Mm. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I
5: think it's uh, you find that with a lot of the guys like Cena, Reigns, they're good, but they've had the two much the same. uh Even Austin was really the same thing. Yeah. Mm. But Jericho has been completely different, different eras. So yeah, I would say I would say that.
2: Yeah, and I definitely think it goes without saying, surefire Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. WWE at some point. Maybe not in the next few years because <laughs> he's... he's <laughs> part of your Mount Rushmore of, of wrestlers when you think of your
4: top four of all time. Yeah. You could see him in there. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I don't see him going in the, into the WWE Hall of Fame uh, point in the first few years because <laughs> no. he, oh, he's deal, but I think after a while Vince will kind of come around to it and he'll definitely be a Hall of Fame. I could even see him headlining, even though he has said in the past He's very tempted if he does go in the Hall of Fame to just not show up. Once fined by, he's AEW. <laughs> oh, God. See, I think Jericho,
0: as the character, he's definitely a bit heelish, but I think as the man, he's actually very humble.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And uh, I think all that's left to do right now is to thank my panel. Uh, thank you, Steve. Thanks, Scott. Cat, You're welcome. David. Thanks. Nathan. Thank you. And Quack Patrick. Thank you. Uh, thank you all for listening, Rem- Miranda, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Suplex Retreat, give us a like and rating, give us 5 stars on Anchor, Spotify, All Good podcasts, and Sites, thank you for listening to our show on Chris Jericho and we'll be back next week when we talk the four horsewomen of NXT, we'll see you then.
3: Listen cunts, I don't care what the f*** you think you're doing, whatever you think is more important with your life, you th- honking bag of d- tips you know what you should be doing you should be going online you should be subscribing you should be listening to the back catalogue of eat sleep suplex retweet whatever the fuck you're doing that's what you should be doing i don't care if it's your mum's birthday i don't care if she's feeling contractions get on it right now